with a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the marquee games for week 17 in the NFL. That includes a uh, Sunday and Monday nighter. Also, Andy's got a sandwich game for you. I've got a Moneyline Matty pick as well. But first, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy, the prognosticator. Attridge, how you doing today, buddy? Oh, delightful. I had a I had a very Merry Christmas and looking forward to the new year. What about yourself? Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Yeah, I had a wonderful Christmas. It's always a great time. Like uh, yeah, I'm one of those people that even gets along with my in-laws. So oh, uh, both sides of Christmas were great. Kids are happy and we got to watch some good football as well. You know what? The best thing about Christmas Eve this year was being able to watch my 49ers kick the crap out of Washington. Um, you know, just like what happened in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. God bless us, everyone. That was very decisive. Yeah. George yeah. Kittle was just all over the place. Oh, he, he was half a yard away from three touchdowns. And, uh, of course, our friends with the Packers, they were able to keep their dreams alive. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Well... Andy and I know that Aaron Rodgers is a mysterious fellow and not like the most interesting man in the world mysterious, more like a lonely kid picking his nose in the corner of the playground, mysterious and weird. But uh, we know he's got to have some regrets about this season. So Andy went to Green Bay and he found out the top five regrets that Aaron Rodgers had in 2022. Number five. Telling a local newspaper that if you took the blood type of the majority of women in Wisconsin, it would be ragu. Fat chicks need love too, but they gotta pay. Fat. Number four. He should have held out and demanded a trade. Tell that bullshit. Uh, yeah. $150. Uh, something. Now, wait a minute. Ned, what's this sort of thing? Trade me right fucking now. Trade me right fucking now. You push the now hang up. Number three. Purchasing a wireless family plan. His family. Your family. You're gonna turn your back on family? R-E-L-A-X. Number two. Losing to the 49ers in the playoffs. Again. Kick was down the middle and good! 49ers win it! Man, that feels good! Hey, great fucking legend, man! And now, the number one... Not getting an inoculation for herpes. Good lord, you've got herpes too? This house is like backstage at a Whitesnake concert. All right, Andy, week 17. We only got two more regular season weeks to go in the NFL season this year. So let's fire it up. Yeah, man, let's fire it up. Are you Our first game on Sunday, divisional rivalry here with the Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Denver Broncos. Now, Kansas City, 12 and a half point favorites. 
45 here is your total. The Broncos, 4-11 uh, is their total record. They are 1-7 away and 6-9-0 and oh against the spread. Now, the Chiefs, they're 12-3, and 6-1 uh, home record. However, they can't cover a spread to save their lives, and they're sitting with an against-the-spread record of Five, nine, and one. What do you think, Andy? This is another big spread, and the Chiefs, I can't see them covering it. Well, the, uh, the Chiefs are actually 31st in the league in covering spreads. Um, five of them. The, only the Bucks have a worse ATS record. And the Chiefs' margin of victory, it, it's slightly over a touchdown, which is very laudable and acceptable. But it's certainly not high enough to warrant laying 13 points in a divisional game against a team that ranks seventh, by the way, in in the league in points allowed. And but, a team they only played like a couple weeks ago. They met in week 14, and it was a game where Russ was actually cooking. He posted uh, season high, 247 yards, three touchdowns, 100 and point one rating now unfortunately the broncos lost the game uh they lost 34 to 28 but that's only a six point spread this week's spread is 12 and a half that's that's a lot of cushion yeah and and they picked off mahomes in that game three times and you know the chiefs they've been favored by 10 points or more in each of their last two games and four games overall this season they're actually 4-0 straight up in that. No big surprise. But, you know, they're breaking even. 2-2 two and two against the spread in those four games. But did anything happen with the Denver Broncos since we last spoke, Matthew? Well, they had a coach firing, which uh, has uh, resulted in joy throughout Bronco land. So that's it. After 20 years, so long, good luck? I don't recall saying good luck. Hang on. No, no, no. You said coach firing which means that they had a coach to begin with, which I do believe they did not. They had a guy standing on the sidelines with a headset and a clipboard, but a coach was he not. A cardboard cutout of John Madden would have done a better job. He's one of those guys who will get penetration. Good genes. He has great genes. Right. So are we going to see the Jerry Rosberg bump here? Usually that's the case, you know. These guys are still playing for pride. A lot of them are playing for incentives. Russell Wilson's he's just trying to prove himself worthy of the role. I mean, I, there's no way that I'm going against Denver in this one. I'm sorry. Well, so I, I expect the Chiefs to win at home here, but the Broncos' defense and special teams are like the main reason why they've even been able to hang around. Their pass defense is first overall in yards per attempt at 6.2, and they're holding opposition quarterbacks to a league-low 78.9 rating, exception, obviously, to Baker Mayfield the other week, who posted a 124 rating against them. But the Broncos, they had a really tough time against uh, Tyler Higbee, right? Allowed, what was it, nine receptions, two TDs, 94 yards, you know. Fantasy day for him, that's for sure. Yeah, so Andy Reid obviously watches game film because that's where he eats his cheeseburgers. So if you've got Travis Kelsey on your fantasy team, you're going to want to start him. He's also a paltry minus 138 for an anytime touchdown, but is plus 333 for two touchdowns or more. So that might be worth a look. I'm with you, though, Andy. I, I can't go against the Broncos here. Twelve and a half points is way too much for a division rivalry. I think what's what's going to be revealed in this game is that Nathaniel Hackett was the one holding back Russell Wilson. Go Broncos country. Let's ride, baby. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart. 
All right, up next, we head to a big NFC North matchup. And, uh, well, big for one team, not big for the other. And I'm talking about the Detroit Lions at home against my Chicago Bears. Detroit six-point favorites. 52 is your total for the game, and these teams couldn't be too different. Uh, Chicago has been out of the playoff hunt for a few weeks now. And Detroit, they're looking to capture a wild card uh, spot. Now, they didn't do so well last week. They're hoping that they can change that around with Chicago. And the Bears don't have a lot to play for here, Andy, do they? Um, well, they got a couple things to play for. Pride and a draft pick. And they are mutually exclusive. Last week, they had a, well, they had that frigid game against the Bills. But next week, they go back home for their final game, which, again, division rival Minnesota Vikings. I realize that this is a division game, but I'll explain why in a second. It means absolutely nothing to the Bears, and I think they're going to likely want to be playing spoiler next week to appease the home crowd. But this week, it's absolutely, um, well, what do you call those things? It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. This one doesn't mean much to the Bears. They've been eliminated from the playoffs for a while. The Lions are going to be fighting tooth and nail for their potential wild card spot. I'd expect that the Bears are going to be using guys that are pretty far down on their depth chart simply to gauge their draft requirements. And I wouldn't be surprised if we witnessed a Nate Peterman sighting. It's clear that based on his play over the last couple months that Justin Fields is their guy for the foreseeable future. And they're going to want to keep him upright and healthy as much as possible. You know, there's always, oh, are they going to throw the game and see if they can get it? Well, they're only one. They're only two losses away from a first round draft pick, depending on what Houston does. But the players are going to go all out. Right. So the only thing that can prevent that is uh, management saying, no, you guys are sitting for the game or you're on a you're on a hard pitch count. I just I can't see the Bears really bringing it with all their effort to this one, with all their talent, rather. And as long as it's under a touchdown, this uh, this is something I'm going to lean to Detroit on. I would invite players from both teams to go down to Curtis Street in Detroit. When it comes to Detroit sandwiches, few have achieved the legendary status of the Boogaloo Wonderland and Chef Greg's Soul in the Wall. Detroit's Boogaloo sandwich, which dates back to the 1960s, is seasoned with ground beef, caramelized onions, melted cheese, and the famous Boogaloo sauce, all on a toasted eight inch bun. Chef Greg makes it with your choice of ground beef, grilled chicken, steak or vegetables the chef said that he made it special for you if you were going to eat a sandwich you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it well the minnesota vikings been known to lose a game or two chicago's got the bears but lord who cares them fans are always feeling blue and the fans of the lions are always crying because the boys are always out of luck but everybody knows that the packers Well, let's stay in the NFC North where we head to Green Bay 
where the Packers take on the visiting Minnesota Vikings. Packers, three and a half point favorites here at home. Uh, 48's the total. Now the Vikings are 12 and three, four and two away with a six, eight and one record against the spread. Packers are seven and eight, four and three at home with a seven, eight and O record against the spread. And the Packers are fighting for their playoff lives. In fact, they have to win out to even have the chance I will smile so much if the Packers uh, get booted from the playoffs. Andy, do you think it'll happen this week? Well, obviously we've got two things in play here. The first one is that the Green Bay Packers, as you say, are fighting for their playoff lives. Minnesota's uh, fighting for their seeding lives. And it's quite possible with the Jalen Hurts injury to his shoulder that, um, you know, the, the Eagles could lose either one of their next two games. Um, the Vikings, they rolled to a 23-7 to win when they hosted Packers in week one and have taken three of four from Green Bay. And Minnesota has turned in a pretty respectable results on the frozen tundra at Lambeau, going 3-3-1 three, three and one straight up over their past seven visits there. Two of those victories coming with the Vikings pegged as a betting underdog, which they are here. High scoring has also been commonplace with the overgoing four and one in their past five matchups. But all of the Vikings 11 wins are by one score or less. I think we've, we've all heard that, which is an NFL single season record. Their offensive line still has a lot of work to do to tighten up their protection of Kirk Cousins. And the Packers defense has allowed just two touchdown passes over the past three weeks. And while doing so, recording six interceptions and seven sacks, probably no surprise, but then in the last 20 home games, they've won 15 of them. And I Andy, think- I will say this. Those yeah. stats sound great, but they beat Miami as well. But they allowed both receivers for Miami to go over 100 yards and allowed over 12 yards per attempt, which included some big gainers. Now, enter Justin Jefferson on a streak of three straight games of 120 or more yards receiving um, and also failed to mention in week one when these two division rivals first met Jefferson amassed 184 yards on nine receptions and two tutties. Minnesota, if they want to, can dictate via the air. Uh, this game isn't in prime time, so Cousins should be okay. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, true enough. True enough. Like the Vikings, the way I look at it is this, right? Um, first of all, I got a big prop alert for you. And that is the Packers D not only has had a hard time with Miami's uh, wideouts, but they're ranked 25th against tight ends. So look for TJ Hawkinson to have a big game. He's plus one. He's 187 for an anytime touchdown but plus 1400 for two or more that might be worth uh, a unit just to give yourself the chance there Um, but the vikings have a chance to send a division rival packing for the season a rival that has spent the better part of two decades shitting on everybody in the division and shitting on the vikings almost in particular Um, I expect them to take big revenge in a big, big way. So I'm taking the Vikes as my money line Matty pick this week. Oh, Oh! well, prior to our conversation, Matthew, I was, I was, I had a lean to the Packers at home. 
But the more, and that was only predicated on the fact that I didn't see Dalvin Cook and Jefferson getting a lot of a lot of playing time. But I, you know, if they're there's legitimately fighting for number one spot, which obviously means uh, a first round buy, it would behoove them to not go to Philadelphia in the winter and play a game. Um, I could see why it's important to that. And uh, yeah, three and a half, might as well take the points. Yeah, I'll um, I'll go with the Vikings. You know what I'm in the mood for? Screaming Vikings. Screaming Vikings, screaming Vikings, screaming Vikings, screaming Vikings, screaming Vikings, yeah. screaming Vikings, yeah. screaming Vikings. Yeah. Vikings. Yeah. Vikings. Yeah. All we know is purple and black. You are and if you're not a Ravens fan, welcome. Welcome to Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. MT Bank Stadium. Sunday night, we head to Baltimore with a big AFC North matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore at home and uh, laying two and a half points. 35 is your total, so not a lot of expected scoring here. Steelers 7-8 and eight with a total record of 4-4 four and four away, 8-6-1 uh, and one against the spread. Ravens 10-5 overall, 5-2 at home with a 6-8-1 against the spread. Uh, so the Ravens not very good against the spread. Now, it should be mentioned these two teams met in Week 14. And the Ravens barely squeaked out a win, 16-14. to 14. And if the results of this game are similar, then the Ravens would fail to cover. Well, it's funny. You bring up that last game. Yeah, they won by two points, 16-14. to 14. But going into that game, um, they had lost four straight to Pittsburgh in head-to-head action. So if you take all five of those games, the margin of victory collectively was 15 points. That's how neck and neck, neck and neck these guys are when they play each other. It's usually predicated on their defensive prowess. Low scoring has been a recurring theme. The total has exceeded 30 just twice in that 401 that I was talking about to the under. And overall, the Ravens have allowed just three touchdowns and slightly over 11 points per game while going three and one straight up with Jackson on the sidelines. And their defense has consistently consistently harassed opposing quarterbacks allowing just 200 passing yards per game and now ranks fifth in the nfl with 44 sacks and you know what they're they're pretty healthy at this point and i think they're going to want to maintain that consistency going as the schedule winds down and the steelers dramatic win over the raiders last week celebrating the 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception and also at the same time honoring franco harris the recipient of said reception, it was a gritty and emotionally draining. And I just see this thing being an uphill grind for the Steelers. And I I, got to say that the Ravens can probably cover two and a half, even with Tyler Huntley. You're absolutely right. The Ravens have been doing it with defense all season long, and I suspect they should cover the spread at home. The Steelers could barely handle the Raiders at home last week, and that's at home with the whole celebration of Franco's life and the uh, the immaculate reception and the Raiders being an absolute dog shit team. And they barely won that game. And they barely won it. Now the Ravens, uh, they need to play for some positioning here. I can't see the Ravens not covering the spread, so quote the Raven. Nevermore. WKRP. 
And finally, Monday night, we head to Cincinnati, where the Buffalo Bills come to town. Cincinnati, one-point underdogs at home, 49.5 is your total. Now, this could be a preview of the AFC Championship game, and if both these offenses play the way they can, they should blow that total out of the water as well. Um, Buffalo, it should be said, not so great against the spread. 7-7-1 seven, seven and one this year. 12-3 and three overall, though, and 6-2 and two away. So they definitely can win outside the confines of Orchard Park. Uh, the Bengals, though, they're 5-1 and one at home, 11-4 and four overall, and 12-3 and three against the spread. Plus, Bengals are one of the hottest teams in pro football right now. Well, depending on what line you're using, either an opening or closing line, they've actually covered 12 of their past 13 games, which says to me that neither the bookmakers nor the betters have much faith in them, as not, at least not as much as they should. The Bills have quietly run their winning streak to six games since losing to Minnesota 33-30 to in overtime back in week 10. And the Bengals rallied from a 17-point deficit to Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, winning 34 to 23 two weeks ago and nearly blew a 22 to nothing lead to Brady's old team, the New England Patriots, last Saturday before, de- before holding out on a 22 to 18 victory. They have not been favored by more than four points in any of the last six games of their winning streak. So emerging victorious is really all they needed to do to cover. And I don't see this one being any different at home. I really don't. Yeah, if Buffalo wants even a chance at this game, their defense is really going to have to do something. Like, Burrow is susceptible to throwing some interceptions. The only problem is, even if he throws two interceptions, he throws three or four fucking touchdowns, right? Yep. Um, So Josh Allen and and company are going to have to keep pace. But this year, they haven't been the high-flying Bills offense we saw last year. Um, they've been grinding out a lot more games this season, and I think Cincinnati's riding a high. Once again, like you said, not getting much respect, and football players almost want respect more than they want their game checks. So I'm taking the Bengals here uh, as a money line. Maddie pick. It's a close one. They're not paying a lot over, but uh, I'm taking the Bengals here. Oh! Oh! And finally, the teaser portion of the program where Andy and I give you a six-point teaser we like for the weekend. What are you looking at this weekend, pal? Well, for the first leg of the teaser, I want to go to the Giants and Colts game and take that over from 38.5 to 44.5. With Jonathan Taylor out, Zach Moss is really their only running threat. And, in fact, they got no such threats under center at all as both Matty Ryan and Nick Foles have probably overstayed their welcome in the NFL. Giants defense ranks 20th in points allowed. Might surprise you. Offense, 20th in points scored. Wouldn't surprise you. But the key to the leg of this teaser is that wind speeds are expected to be close to 20 miles an hour. And for that reason, I see this as a very low-scoring affair. Second leg of my teaser, I'm going to go back to the Pittsburgh game, and it might surprise you, Maddie. But I'm going to actually take Pittsburgh to plus eight and a half. Well, how can I take the Ravens to win cover and then take? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I mentioned before, 
Most of their games are decided by a field goal or less. The total right now sits at 35 and a half, which I believe is the second lowest total that's been on the docket this season. And I just think that there's just not going to be a lot of points scored. And I think it's going to come down to the end of the fourth quarter. And either way, I think that the uh, the Steelers can cover the eight and a half points. So to sum it up, Giants-Colts take the under at 45 and a half and then take the Steelers to plus eight and a half. Well, I've put together another road dog special. So the first leg of my teaser, uh, Denver at KC. I want to take the Broncos from plus 12 and a half to plus 18 and a half as a divisional rivalry. And KC doesn't even really have to win this game. So I can't see them just blowing them out. Uh, that also goes through the key numbers of 14 and 17. Next up, Vikings head into Green Bay to play the Packers. And I want to take the Vikings from plus three and a half to plus nine and a half. I, th- I like the Vikings on the money line here. So I, I definitely like them at plus nine and a half. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to week 17 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all Week 17 games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week. The same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. It's game time. Uh-huh. The kid Gowie. Yeah. Ravens Nation. Oh, we know it's purple and black. And if you're not a Ravens fan, what? welcome. Welcome to Baltimore, Maryland, yeah. M&T Bank Stadium uh-huh. Where opponents don't make it out alive unless we bury them yeah. Every team be afraid of them, especially all the quarterbacks wow. our defensive linemen won't hesitate to leave you, you set Let's take a minute, go back to Super Bowl 35 yeah. Domination was an understatement up against the Giants uh-huh. Numerous touchdowns. touchdowns, they put up numbers yeah. And it didn't take a nutritionist to see they hunger see Only they stack Harry Collins could get was interceptions yeah. He must have thought throwing to the D counted as receptions yeah. The pass was legendary, but don't sleep on the present Our secondary make quarterbacks avoid their direction You trying to run the ball, you better hope your blockers work You can trick, you can spin, but your destination's the turf This is a man's game, being soft will get you hurt Watch the defense force a fumble and the fans go berserk 17 weeks, only one league out of 32 squads No one's messing with our team We all bleed black and purple, you can check our IVs Raven Nation fly high, watch us all spread our wings Put your game face on, embarrass the competition You ain't talking about the greatest if the Ravens Aren't mentioned through every other team Cause those dudes are whack In Baltimore the only thing we know is purple and black Go! They always win when the championships on the line So if you hoping that they fail Then you really wasting your time Going next to 49ers I'm pretty sure they remember When they made a comeback But weren't declared the winners Two rings down But you know they won't stop now If the opposing D's caught slipping You know it's
exactly how that goes uh-huh. That's another deep connection uh-huh. With six points in the end zone yeah. The stadium goes wacko It's Ravens put at work uh-huh. Pittsburgh Steelers That's still curtain It's looking more like a skirt So tell me who they say Is gonna beat the Bengals Who used to be the Browns Until they relocated what? Ravens They are one of the greatest uh-huh. They simply no denying it no. To beat them Bringing your A game's a requirement With the youth of the team I bet they still be dominant yeah. Even after the greatest Linebackers retirement uh-huh. 17 weeks yeah. Only one league Got a 32 squads, no one's messing with our team We all bleed black and purple, you can check our IVs Raven Nation fly high, watch us all spread our wings Put your game face on, embarrass the competition You ain't talking about the greatest if the Ravens aren't mentioned Screw every other team, cause those dudes are whack In Baltimore, the only thing we know is purple and black Go!